Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Marissa Charles and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Marissa Charles. Well, good afternoon and welcome to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron uh, with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, and we are today joined by our good friend, Dr. Jamie Heisman. He is a psych D, a doctorate in psychology, a licensed clinical social worker, and a fierce advocate and social entrepreneur. He's aimed at destigmatizing mental health and mental illness. He's accomplished this both as a leader in medical and behavioral health experiences, both in nonprofit and for-profit corporate settings, He's a member of the Board of Trustees of the Florida Council on Aging and serves as Chief Compassion Officer for WellMed Medical Management. And we are delighted to have Dr. Jamie joins us. Dr. Jamie also is a co-host on Take 10, a 10-minute show that is available on podcast that deals with an incredible number of mental health issues. And we encourage you to Google that, Take 10, and take a listen to those programs as well. Dr. Jamie, it is great to see you. And Our topic for today, our childhood, a starting place for change, the impact of adverse childhood experiences on ourselves. That's a tough one. It is. I'm so glad we have Dr. Charles here and you, because actually the the real guru in this world of childhood trauma and how it affects us later in life is uh, as a primary care physician. His name is Dr. Gabor Mate, M-A-T-E. He's phenomenal. He worked with um, patients and then later with addictions. Uh, disproportionately. And he really is the, the granddaddy of, of how this works, that childhood and the way we're reared in the first literally about 10 years of our lives. I'm sure Freud, Jung, and Rogers would have debate around that. Creates a temporal lobe, creates our mindset, creates whether we're feeling safe, not safe, paranoid, or trusting, and literally follows us the rest of our lives if we don't become self-aware. So your childhood is really an indicator of the way you live your life in the future. And how do you know when you're 25, 30, 35 that you experience childhood traumas? Is it something that's top of mind or does it take counseling to get it out? It does take counseling. It takes self-awareness. We're doing a lot of that with WellMed and change now. But I think over the years, trauma and what we call personality issues have become the highlight. For our, for our listeners, childhood trauma is literally any event or any series of events that are really extremely emotionally painful or distressing in some way. And it's not like the PTSD that we see in, in obviously returning uh, military policemen, firemen, or ourselves in that something happens, God forbid, with an accident that changes our lives episodically forever. And we have night terrors and sweats and dreams and see life in a different way. It's instead what we call complex PTSD or childhood PTSD, that, that childhood trauma, those events and series, if left untreated, and not aware, and we can't go back and really recreate that healing process affects us ongoing. So we are finally, as a society, understanding uh, CPTSD or childhood PTSD. There were a couple of stories in the news of late, just tragic, uh, where a man goes in, kills his wife or significant other in front of their young children. There was just one over the weekend. Now, I can't imagine what that does to those kids. 
Ron, I have to tell you, and Dr. Charles, I'm sure will concur, the ACE studies, the adverse childhood experiences, those who end up in prison today have four or greater of these adverse childhood experiences that create this terrible interpersonal disturbances and negative self-concept and awful dysregulation in us. And those are the people you see there in the shootings and in the papers creating mass murders, people who are black and white thinkers that have no conscience, literally, and no empathy, if you will, and no accountability. And that's not their fault. I, I mean, this is bad parenting from the get-go, a caregiver not connected, loving that's not there unconditionally, and the child grows up in that paranoid way. And and later on, it is their challenge to understand the roadkill and the people they hurt around them. But that's what you're describing when you pick up a paper and see a heinous story like that. It's somebody in childhood trauma that we can't even imagine. Now, I'm trying to understand, are you suggesting that kids who go through that experience may turn out to be psychopaths? I am. Sociopaths. I am. Psychopaths, sociopaths. We probably, it's another clinical sort of hour. We can tell the difference of those. But I am saying exactly that, is that this doesn't happen in a vacuum. It literally, if we have a safe vessel and we're, parents are fair, consistent, and available, we have unconditional love. We're not being you know, hit. They're not being abused. They're not being you know, children should be seen and not heard, pushed away. We don't have those narcissistic injuries. We grow. We are healthy. We can actually be accountable. They see the world that way. When we don't, when somebody is not there and we have that darkness and we don't have that care and caregiver, we do grow up with our temporal lobes really affecting us. And that is what disproportionate when I went to the jails and did forensic evals, you'll see a very, very challenging, very distressed childhood with you know addictions and one parent divorce, et cetera, abuse. That really is an indicator of what you just described in that heinous story. You and my brother ought to meet. He's a psych D uh, who, uh, as a specialty, testifies on behalf of murder one defendants and uh, does the analysis. Uh, and so far, he's got a winning record of keeping them out of the death chamber. It's fantastic. You know, I, I've been an expert witness often in court, and I would hear fathers and mothers screaming, I love my child, I love my child. But I would look, and they'd be up for two or three counts. It would, you know, they would be charged. And so I said, well, that's not it. What is love as a parent? And as we came to find out, that's being fair, consistent, and available, that we misconstrue this word love. And so that is really the critical thing. Your brother obviously has seen it. That, if you look at the ACE, or the, you can see the movie Wisdom, of trauma, you'll see that how many people your brother has spoken for has gone through severe childhood trauma and are recreating it in these heinous ways. So, Dr. Charles, in your patients, do you see folks who evidence the result of that kind of childhood trauma? I mean, definitely. You know, we do have so many patients that are affected. Now, you know, I don't necessarily, you know, like Dr. Jamie's coming at it from a very different perspective where the majority of the, the interaction is trying to pull out and, and dig into those, you know, childhood traumas to, to ask those questions. And given the opportunity and the time, absolutely, we do as well. But um, we do see a lot of patients that struggle with depression, with anxiety, um, sometimes irrational, um, and that is likely uh, stemming from childhood traumas. Absolutely. You know, Dr. Charles, uh, Ron, this is important, I think, what Dr. Charles brings up. And so as I work with physicians over the years with trauma and the ACE studies will tell you this affects not just the psychological, it's the medical. All these diseases that come to us, these immunological issues, are a function also of this. Childhood trauma manifests in different ways, and it's not like just the heinous thing you see. It's whether we feel safe in the moment, whether we can connect with our physician, whether we go to the clinic feeling safe or go into that fight, flight, or fear response. 
And what Dr. Charles says, you know, makes it makes great sense. If we understand this and we don't have to come from that heinous place and the personality disorders you describe, Ron, but just understand that we are children in adult bodies and that if we felt this way as a child, it does mean later on it affects us as an adult. And those people who have gone through adverse childhood experiences without looking at them really do don't feel safe. And that's why we do breath work. That's why we connect with gratitude and journaling. We do temporal lobe work. It allows people to feel safe. And I think the listeners who are hearing this know, should know that there's hope that if they become aware, go into this healing process, take care of their mind body. They can come and work with life and work with Dr. Charles in our clinics and their own self-care in a very powerful way. Now, hold that thought. I want to let folks know who may have just joined us. You're listening to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, and our very special guest on our Wellman Radio Hotline. We're talking with Dr. Jamie Heisman. He is a doctorate in psychology, a licensed clinical social worker. And we're talking about adverse childhood experiences, which, you know, I think, Dr. Jamie, as you talk about this, this has to be so new as a concept to many of our listeners. It is. And I think Dr. Charles probably understands this because Dr. Mate, who's a primary care doctor, says, Listen, we've always asked somebody what's wrong with them in our medical environment. But now, understanding adverse childhood experiences and how it impacts. And again, don't believe me. Go to the Centers for Disease Control and Kaiser Permanente, the 20-year study of 17,000 patients. Now, if we're starting to change healthcare in the right way, instead of asking somebody what's wrong with them, we'll ask them what happened to you so that you can actually hear the initial childhood and here, the ongoing kind of things that happen, the traumas, the interpersonal disturbances, the relationship issues, so that it can play a role and factor into our final medical outcomes later. So you're right, Ron, this is all new, but hopefully in the integrated model of healthcare, we're going to bring it to our doctors, our clinics, uh, our patients, and really bring a medical home in the way it should be. So Dr. Heisman. Dr. Charles. Yes, I was going to comment you know, just this past year, considering all the changes that school children, that children in that age group had to, you know, undergo with COVID, I'm seeing not only in my own children, but in family members, I don't see a lot of patients in that age range right now, but um, that are very anxious, that are experiencing a uh, distrust, you know, because of the the virus and having to wear masks and having to um, avoid, you know, their friend groups and not being able to have those experiences that they were having before the pandemic hit. So what are some coping mechanisms that you can, you know, convey to parents that are struggling and seeing these changes in their own children? What a great question, Dr. Charles. And I think COVID has been the great disruptor of, of all things, but it's also brought us back to what you're saying. And so in the mind-body work and in the adverse child experience, one of the greatest things we could do for ourselves is what we say regulate or co-regulate. You know, what happened in COVID was that kids were isolated at home. I think we've actually missed a year of development truly among kids. And we're going to see some of the ramifications for years to come with COVID. But what we can do is start doing breath work ourselves as parents, having our kids do breath work, mind body work, um, having our kids co-regulate with their best friends, develop best friends, not to isolate. That's how we get our mind and our body, our autonomic nervous system safer. And that's how we can actually deal with childhood, adverse childhood experience when we didn't feel safe, was bring these techniques and interventions into our adult life. Now, hold that thought. We're going to come back to you. And for our listeners who wonder what Dr. Jamie means about breath work, 
We're going to give you an example of how that works in just a moment. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. Dr. Jimmy Heisman is our very special guest on our WellMed Radio hotline. You're listening to WellMed Radio. You may be experiencing anxiety or stress regarding all the news about COVID-19 or what is commonly referred to as coronavirus. You are not alone. Optum is opening its emotional support helpline, providing access to specially trained mental health specialists. This is a toll-free number and it will be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week for as long as necessary. This is a free service. Anyone in need of emotional support is welcome to call. The number is 866-342-6892. That's 866-342-6892. One more time, 866-342-6892. Well, thank you so much for sticking with us right here on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. And we have on our WellMed Radio hotline, Dr. Jamie Heisman, a doctor of psychology and a licensed clinical social worker. And we're talking about something called adverse childhood experiences, which is more and more in the news today. And more and more folks are dealing with that issue. And we were just to the point, Dr. Jamie, where you were suggesting that Dr. Charles had really hit on something important. Yes, Dr. Charles was actually talking about her children, but the children of this world, really, with COVID. COVID has been the great dysregulator. So COVID has intervened on what we call in the trauma world, social regulation. Okay, social distancing has been confused with emotional isolation. And so we've taken our kids and obviously put them at home with their parents or with somebody and not sent them to school. Well, in terms of mind, body, and adverse childhood experiences, that's not the best we could do. In fact, it's probably... The worst we could do, what they need to do is co-regulate. Literally, they grow. They have flourished by being connected to healthy children, just like us as adults. We don't want to get into a toxic relationship with somebody with low empathy and low accountability that is degrading sometimes. We don't want our children to be in places that are not healthy. So social regulation, going to school, ourselves being with healthy people are all the antidote that Dr. Charles was concerned about in terms of kids. Dr. Jamie, you, you mentioned. Marisa. No, I was just going to say you mentioned um, the breath work, of course, which I know we've talked about multiple times, and and is so important in helping to regulate. But you also mentioned journaling. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I sure can, Dr. Charles. Thank you so much. You're you're an osteopathic physician, right? Mm-hmm. You're the best. I sure uh, am. That's who my doc is too, because you really see the world in a very uh, holistic way. And I think that's so helpful for our world. Um, Psychology is interesting. Okay. We need to get our feelings out. As a child, when we were kind of in an unsafe environment, getting angry wasn't the safe things to do, right? We would put in timeout, we'd punish, things like that. That would be the message. So literally, um, the safest thing to do would be to get our feelings out. Well, in an unsafe family, you can't, but on paper, if you're starting to heal your life and able to put it in, in, a, in a journal, in, in some sort of a, a diary, in a way to work with a therapist or with a loved one, experientially, here's the emotions. You then can get them out and not repress them. Let's face it. Depression is usually anger turned inward. 
And what Ron was talking about earlier about this terrible, heinous things, it's anger turned outward. That's homicidal. We don't want to contain ourselves with feelings. We want to be authentic like the child wanted to be. We want to be transparent like the child needed. And we want to be really open. So to your point, let's get it out on paper. Let's get it out with others. Let's use our story inspirationally and not be afraid. And for the kids who are now going back to school, the adults who suddenly are back to empty nester during the school day, uh, that's another adjustment. There's also been some very interesting articles in the New York Times on the adjustment that dogs and cats are having to make because they were not used to mom and dad being home 24-7. And suddenly their lives are turned upside down. And veterinarians have been reported to say that, some of these dogs are dealing with what appear to be emotional upset. You know, Ron, what you're saying, I hope the listeners are hearing that it's a real shift in psychology. It's looking at life through mind-body connection because dogs and cats are also mind-body. And why do I say that? I remember getting my daughter a, a, a dog during COVID and she said, Daddy, why is it taking so long? And I said, Honey, I'm looking for the breeders that sleep with their dogs there, their family there. Literally in the first two months where they keep the, the dogs with their, their mothers and fathers, how safe that environment was. And she's got saying, Daddy, I want my dog. I said, sweetheart, no, you want a dog that has a healthy mindset. You want a dog that's not fearful. You want a dog that doesn't bite or get uh, angry. She, so sure enough, I found the right breeder who had done this for 20 years, and I got her dog, and the dog is calm. The dog doesn't bark. The dog doesn't go after anybody. Just like humans, just like you described, there is a mind-body connection in all organisms. And the way we are reared early on in our lives literally dictate, even in animals, the way we're going to see the world later. So if you go to the shelter, of course, you're going to deal with a dog that's, you know, Ron, that's aggressive, that's scared, that's fearful. And how do you bring them back? You have to be have a corrective emotional experience. You have to give them fair, consistent, available, loving and have them kind of lose those adverse childhood experiences in that dog, right? Now, for the patients that Dr. Charles is seeing, for the Medicare-eligible patient, for the 70-, 80-, 90-year-old who all of a sudden, because of COVID, was totally isolated, and one of the things, Dr. Jamie, that just echoes in my mind is you saying over and over again, don't isolate, don't isolate, and yet we were ordered to isolate. How do you bring it back? How do you undo that separation in your mind? Well, that's great, Cole. I mean, our doctors obviously really have to obviously retrain, if you will, re-educate those the patients that love them, adore them, and are, are relying on them for health and wellness to talk about that clearly. Also, family caregivers need to hear that that was an aberrant time and is an aberrant time. That social regulation <clears throat> is the health and healing of our seniors. Isolation is the cancer of their souls, like 15 cigarettes a day. So it's important for us to get back on the surfboard, get back on the, the, the tracks here as a train and really start connecting. Now, whether it's a faith-based organization, whether it's your healthy neighbor, whether it's a healthy, I say healthy because they too have to have their two feet on the ground, not you know, suck your energy out and, be, and meet you halfway. But those are the re- ways that we kind of can re-regulate and get back on track. That's why Caregiver SOS and subgroups and whatnot are such wonderful places to come back to. And staying by yourself is not the way. In fact, it's really going to take you deeper into a hole. Are you seeing some dislocation uh, among some of your patients, Dr. Charles, who are now dealing with re-entering society? I have many patients that are very fearful about re-entering society, um, especially, you know, when it comes to um, 
like our senior centers, which I know are slowly going to be opening up soon, especially for patients that are vaccinated, which we are highly encouraging. If you haven't had a vaccine, please go out and get that vaccine as soon as possible for the COVID. Um, Because once you're vaccinated, your risk of contracting the disease is so much lower that it becomes safer to be able to interact with other folks, which we've talked on multiple occasions is what will help us heal from all of this trauma and this difficult, difficult time that we went through. And I agree, you know, I often will um, recommend patients attend groups, you know, something like a, like church-based organizations, if they're able to, if they prefer to continue with some social distancing or wearing their masks, well, that's, you know, of course, continue to wear the mask, but it's that isolation that really has caused a lot of worsening of anxiety symptoms, depression symptoms, and and uh, not allowing patients to cope with that appropriately. So that message, Ron, needs to also come from our caregivers too. And I love the fact that you facilitate both this show and Caregiver SOS because it's really up to us nationally, clinically, administratively, and medically to get the message out that Dr. Charles just said is that we really have to, we cannot have enough delivery systems now to tell people it's time to regulate. It's time to connect. It's time to start having this healing, corrective emotional experience because our adverse childhood experiences, our fear, our fight, flight, or, or freeze response is on high octane, is on steroids right now. And how we can become calmer and safer is that connection. So I'm sure we'll do it on Caregiver SOS, but hopefully we're going to do this as a national policy from CDC as well. Maybe we all need to find a way to uh, plug in a cortisol drain in each and every one of us to get rid of that stress all inducer, that stress right? Hormone. Yes. You're, you're so right. But your cortisol, mm-hmm. what you're talking about in Dr. Mate's world, again, is the basis and that stress and the inflammation in our system is the basis of so much of that fight, flight, or fear as a child. So a lot of the conditions that we see, we're kind of pre-wired. If you look at the disproportionate um, population in the African-American population with asthma, for instance, he's talking about, you're going to see a lot of the psychosocial pieces that, uh, that we have has led to a disproportionate amount of that disease process. So understand that these are mind and the body are connected. Our psychology and the medical is connected. And again, Dr. Charles couldn't be a better co-host and a better physician to even say that. She's an osteopathic physician and really sees that in an integrative way where, you know, the, the medical world should be able to catch up hopefully to her soon. Now, for those who don't know about breath work, and uh, we tend to think everybody does because we talk about it a lot, but for those who don't, explain 478. I'll be happy to, Ron. In fact, it helps us to know that we have so much control over our bodies um, because when we're out of control in our minds, we get most controlling in our world. So 478 was developed uh, as a pattern and scientifically tested, evidence-based tested by a fabulous physician who brought it to this country. I mean, it's an old-time traditional Chinese medicine, certainly. Breathwork goes way, way back. But Dr. Andy Wiles, an integrated physician at the University of Arizona, brought it. And what it really does, it allows us to focus on the fact that breathwork will transform us literally chemically, okay, that if we take four, seven, eight and do it four times, which is to breathe in basically through our nostrils for four seconds, swish it in our mind for seven seconds, but exhale loudly with passion. It's what elicits the vagus nerve response. Literally, it's a mind body. And the vagus nerve goes from the cortex of the brain through your healing organs into your gut. Then when you exhale, that's what will really be the secret sauce. So if you do four, seven, eight with your eyes closed, of course, feet on the ground, it's even better. You can do it in between drama and traumatic events. You can do it between just, you know, your work or your kids. 
whatnot. You can do it episodically, or as Dr. Weil says, if you do it four or six times a day, you can actually develop a more preventative sort of pattern, a, a practice, if you will. So if you do it four times, it takes you a minute and a half, and you can do it in between, it's, it's powerful. And there's great evidence-based research. We're doing it at WellMed now. But I'm saying that breath work is just one of many trauma reduction techniques. And I'm having my daughter do it, but she does it three, four, seven, and she goes to school and facilitates it with her, her 10-year-old buddies, Ron. So I'm sure your kids can, can do it as well. Yeah, we need to plug them into that. You're right. We've only got about uh, 30 seconds left, Dr. Jamie. When it comes to adverse childhood experiences, if you think you may have had them, what do you do? With CPTSD, complex PTSD is the, is the really effect of childhood, uh, adverse childhood experiences. So what you do immediately is you find a trauma, if you can, trauma-informed therapist. So if you go into Psychology Today or anywhere, put your zip code in, make sure that they're trained in trauma work. They'll allow you and bring it home to you. But what you also can do, even if you don't do that, is the breath work we're talking about, is what Dr. Charles says, create a journal, get your emotions out, is being around socially regulated, safe people so that you can actually grow and your mind and body is able to intervene on the fight, flight, or freeze. So it's great to have a therapist, but the beauty of of this work, this what we call, I say dialectical behavioral, but that's clinical for finding a good trauma therapist, is you can do this healing work and self-care plan on your own. So get together with, with loved ones who are healthy, get together with friends who are healthy, start the process today and reparent yourself. How about that? Bingo. Dr. Jamie Heisman, thank you so much. We'll do this again. You're the best. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, and a thank you to Dr. Heisman. We look forward to you joining us again right here on WellMed Radio. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.